Hi everyone, welcome to the first episode of Zalika podcast. I have Zach with me from Mintable. Mintable actually launched recently uh, during Zil3 and today we are going to talk about uh, how has the launch been like uh, what was Zach's experience building on top of Zalika and uh, yeah what what are some exciting updates coming for Mintable. Uh, so hi Zach, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. So can you can you start off by giving a background how you got into crypto how you actually got into the Zalika ecosystem Yeah so um wow it's been a, it's been a long journey uh for me to get you know to get into crypto I I found bitcoin in about late 2012 um and you know just just like everyone else I didn't really know what it was when I found it um just thought it was kind of some online payment you know system uh so i i found it i, I bought it um you know i was a i was a trader and i i, I traded a lot uh and that really just means i was losing losing my bitcoins um so still good you know, time to buy still good time to buy. yeah oh yeah yeah it was a great time to buy um i actually my i, I use mount gox and my email from mount gox for my first bitcoin buy i have it like printed out and like framed uh so because it's uh yeah it's, it's quite it's quite cool um so yeah i, was, I got into it in 2012 for bitcoin uh and then i i went into the military um wasn't doing too much crypto stuff um i still had some uh i wasn't like involved in the community or anything just kind of watching it passively um and then around 2015 or 2016 i got back into it pretty heavily um i found ethereum and uh, at that point, I uh, around mid 2016 or so, I switched everything over, uh, all my Bitcoin over to Ethereum, uh, and then I started doing smart contract work on Ethereum, uh, Solidity, and, and different things. Uh, and that was um, into my life as I know it, right? The previous life. From that point forward, uh, I've been you know in blockchain space 24/7. So. I did smart contract work, and uh, then around, um, you know, around late 2017, uh, CryptoKitties kind of came out, and CryptoKitties is like it was a, one of the first games uh, on the blockchain, and they kind of created the non-fungible token standard, right? They they because their their cats are tokens, uh, and it's a game where you breed cats and trade them and stuff like that. So uh, I found that. Uh, before it launched uh, at the hackathon that they were presenting at, and that kind of opened my eyes to you know what 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 I could do with uh, these non-fungible tokens. Uh, and so after that point, that was uh, kind of the end of doing any ERC twenties or anything else. I just focused all on uh, non-fungible tokens, right? Those digital items um, from that point forward. So I started doing uh, everything I could related to NFTs. And uh, I had a paper published with the IEEE, um, which actually, I during Zill3, I, I heard that uh, your, your CTO also has multiple, your CTO and your lead researcher have uh, papers with the IEEE. And so that was, uh, was kind of cool to, to think that we're, you know, we're both published in there. And uh, my paper was on you know, um, food traceability and the supply chain with food and using NFTs on uh, the blockchain. Um, so I... Um, made Mintable uh, around 2018 and uh, from that point I've been running Mintable uh, which is like a tool for people to, to create manage and like mint those uh, digital items on the, on the blockchain uh, then um, 
well, running Mintable. Uh, I, I moved to Asia because uh, I'm from California. Uh, I moved to Asia, and uh, we, while I was living in Asia, we ended up getting an incubator accelerator program in uh, Singapore. And so that was, um, you know, one of the, the it's like a government-backed incubator, and uh, it's, for, it's highly reputable for a lot of blockchain startups. And uh, Zilliqa was uh, one of the, like, co-hosts of the incubator. Uh, and so as we were going through it for Mintable, that's kind of how we started with Zilliqa. Uh, got introduced to it, uh, you know, met the team. Uh, I mean, we're, we're both in Singapore now, and uh, the Zilliqa team is just like, they're, they're, they're pretty good, man. They're, they're pretty amazing. So, uh, you know, seeing uh, what, what Zilliqa has to offer, uh, you know, we, we, it's not like we, we, we haven't left Ethereum. We, we actually have, right now we have two apps. We have one on Ethereum, which is our old Mintable, and then we have our new Mintable, uh, which we just launched on Zill3 uh, on the Zillica blockchain. Uh, and then we're going to get rid of the old Mintable and put it on the Ethereum blockchain. So we'll have Zillica and Ethereum, uh, which will actually be the first NFT marketplace to do that, um, to have two different blockchains that we support. Uh, right now, we're the first NFT marketplace for Zillica, right? We're, we, we helped uh, the Zillica team uh, kind of implement the non-punchable token standard. Uh, went through, advised them, revised some of the code um, so that, that these non-fungible tokens have as much flexibility as they could on Zilliqa. Uh, and then, you know, we, we just launched that and now um, now we're just kind of uh, dealing with the glory of, of launching the app and, uh, and, and running it and getting things uh, running smoothly. Uh, and then I get to start all over again, basically, and start working on the ETH version. So, yeah, it's been a busy, busy few months. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I can see, I, I used to chat with you, or, you know, I used to see how you were, uh, you interacting with the team, and yeah, I think you are a one-man army, like Mintable is developed mostly by you, I feel, all right, the whole application. So, yeah, I, I, I suppose you would be really busy. Um, so, so just to, like, what, what exactly is Mintable? I think we, we also need to discuss that, because some people already have an, have an idea, but some people don't. So can, can you give an elevator pitch on what is Mintable? Yeah, Mintable is a marketplace for you to sell digital items um, on the blockchain. So these digital items in the blockchain is any kind of content that you make, right? So if you're a graphic designer and you make, you know, artwork or graphic design work, um, or if you make backgrounds, fonts, videos, music, any kind of digital content that you make, you can put it on the blockchain. And there's all these extra benefits that you get from being on the blockchain. Um, things like being able to easily have copyright uh, proof so you can prove like, oh, well, I have the rights to use this. Um, or you get the benefits of something that you can't do with normal music or any kind of digital content. You can't say that it's rare, right? I can't release a, a video on YouTube and say it's rare. And I can't release you know, uh, 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 an artwork that I made in like Photoshop and say that it's rare, but when it's on the blockchain, you can. So you get these benefits and then we let you kind of take your content and all you have to worry about is your content and then you can turn it into uh, a digital item on the blockchain using Mintable. And then Mintable is also the marketplace to kind of browse, buy, trade, sell those different digital items. Um, a good example is like a week and a half ago, um, an artist sold a, um, some artwork 
that was a digital item on the blockchain for $55,000 just for, for one of them, right? Uh, and so you, you got to imagine that's, that's like life-changing money for, you know, someone who, who basically, you know, they're not, they're not Banksy. Their artwork's not in, you know, like a big auction house. Uh, so being able to sell it on the blockchain and then make that money, uh, the reason it sold for that much is because it's rare. Uh, and because they are a talented artist, but then also because there's a resale value. Because it's a blockchain item, people buy it as an investment. They, they know that it's going to appreciate in value because there's only one of them or because it's collectible. Um, and then they, they resell it for a higher price, right? And so that's kind of this trading aspect, which is something that you really can't do with um, you know, other content. So like if I, if I release a video on YouTube or if I make a background, or you know, uh, like my desktop background. Uh, if it's if it's really beautiful type of artwork, I, I I can't trade that, right? Like, there's no other place on the internet where I can go through and and be like, hey, I'm, I'm selling this this artwork for five hundred dollars, and then if you buy it, you can then resell it for a thousand dollars, right? So uh, there's a lot of benefits, and that's kind of what Mintable is is it's, it's that platform marketplace. Yeah. What was the item that uh, that sold for fifty five k? It was called Picasso's Bull. Okay. Uh, and like you can, uh, so it's Picasso's Bull from Trevor Jones, hmm. and uh, you can Google it. And you can see it. it's it's pretty cool. It's like a uh, um, what's the what's the right word? It's a like a multimedia uh, type of art. So it's it's a it's like a not a GIF. It's like a it's like a MP four. Um, but it's, it's a really nice, uh, like drawing and kind of rendering of this bull. It's, it's Picasso's bull. If you Google that, it's like a, uh, something that Picasso made. Uh, and then it's got this extra stuff. It's got sound, it's moving. Uh, and so Trevor Jones is the guy behind it and he's, he makes some really cool, like physical art, uh, some Bitcoin and, uh, crypto physical art. So, uh, when he made this as an NFT, uh, it fetched a pretty high price. Mm, gotcha, gotcha. NFTs have been like NFTs and NFT marketplaces. Like uh, I think there's OpenSea on Ethereum. There are a couple of others as well. Um, so like what what trends have you seen uh, in the NFT marketplace? Uh, you know, since they have started coming up. And yeah, like for for Mintable, you have uh, like you can sell art. As you mentioned, you can sell some um, maybe songs or something like that, um, as well as you ha- currently it also supports the option to sell like Zill domains, right? Unstoppable domains. So yeah, can you just walk us through that? Like uh, what's there on Mintable and what has been the overall uh, journey of uh, uh, NFT marketplaces? Yeah, so when we got started into the NFT space, uh, OpenSea, so OpenSea is kind of like the the, the big place to, it's, it's really the only marketplace, right? So when, about a year ago, OpenSea was pretty much the only place that you can buy and trade NFTs. Um, and so any project that had NFTs, they would be listed on OpenSea. And over time, there's been a few other ones that have popped up, uh, but most of them are very, uh, they have closed doors, right? They have a, a specific niche that they focus on. So um, there's still really only one NFT marketplace, which is OpenSea, which is why when we built the marketplace for Mintable, we wanted to be an open marketplace where anyone can sell anything. Um, so 
back about a year ago or even further back, OpenSea really only had two items, like two assets, right? So it was um, game tokens. So like I mentioned, CryptoKitties, that's a game item, right? My cat, I can play with in the game. So it was mainly game items and then um, some, a very, a very small selection of uh, artwork. Right. It was mainly it was mainly game items, and I never I never really liked game items as a good use case for NFTs. Um, so when we built Mintable the first time for a beta back in 2018, we wanted to kind of open up the doors and uh, allow people to tokenize other things. Um, so the game items they've slowly kind of been pushed into the back, and now we see a lot of crypto art, which is where people are making a lot of artwork. Uh, and they tokenize it, and then they, they sell it just like Trevor Jones is right, the Picasso Bull, that's art. And um, so right now we're kind of in this phase where we have a lot of artwork, uh, and there's other marketplaces that have popped up, uh, and they're, they're all related to art, right? So you have something like Super Rare, and Super Rare is a very um, exclusive, like you have to apply to be in there if you're a good artist, and then, and then they let you in there, and then you know they take a high fee, and then... The only thing that's on Super Rare's art, you can't list like a Crypto Kitty, you can't list a, a domain name on there. Um, so it's focused only on art, right? And that's all the other marketplaces that are out there are the same way. They're only on art. The only place that you can sell artwork and a Crypto Kitty and a domain name is OpenSea. And so with Mintable, that's what we, you know, that's where we wanted to go, is we wanted to have this open marketplace. So on Mintable, you can list uh, for the Zillica version you can list your .zill domains. These are on the Zillica blockchain, right? And so we're the only place that you can list and sell uh, and trade these uh, .zill domains, right? Uh, and, but at the same time, there's artwork already on there. And so we've seen a lot of artwork and we've seen a lot of uh, .zill domains already as well. So it's, 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 about, it's about 30 or 40% to 60 to 70%, where 30 or 40 is the, the .zill domains, and then the 60 to 70% is uh, artwork, right? And so, um, you know, that's, that's pretty cool because it's been uh, three, almost four days since we launched and we have over 500 items for sale already that people have made. Uh, and about 200 of them are .zill domains. And so the rest are all uh, items that have been created using Mintable. Uh, which is great, right? Having you know three hundred different three hundred different items made in like uh, a few days is, is is pretty great for a blockchain application. So um, with the Ethereum version that we're coming out with, we'll be able to take all the NFTs that are out there, uh, like that you would find on OpenSea. So you know your game items, your 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 dot uh, crypto domains, uh, and then you'll be able to list them on Mintable as well. Um, so we're trying to be kind of an open marketplace. No, no, there's no application to get in. Uh, and so we think that it's really important to the ecosystem. Okay. Okay. And for like, is there some algorithm that sort of, you know, that, that classifies items, like say which item, if you, if I search for something, which items comes on top, is, is there an algorithm for that? Like, um, how does that work? Because for discoverability, is, is a major thing, right? Like if an item is coming to a top uh, on a particular category, then the chances of it getting sold are high. So, you know, one of the, one of the things that we've implemented is like with our search feature, uh, we do have an algorithm for searching uh, and it's, it's, it's a very basic search engine algorithm, right? So it's matching the text for what you search for. So if I, if I type in, you know, um, uh, bank, 
if I type in bank and I'm searching your domains, then it's going to return everything that has, you know, bank anywhere in the listing for uh, the domain name. Uh, now, when you're not searching and you're just on the home page, we have a whole set of filters that you can use. Just like, you know, just like every e-commerce website, whether it's Amazon or, you know, Lazada, you can filter everything you want on the side. Um, so you can filter by the cheapest, the most expensive, the newest, the oldest, um, a different price range, like one to $5 or a hundred dollars and up. Um, and then of course by category as well. So when you create your listing, you say, Oh, this is artwork or this is a collectible item or, Oh, this is a media file, like a music or a video. Um, and then, you know, that's how, that's how you'll be able to search through it. Right now, we're actually, I'm actually going through and rebuilding the, the browsing page to offer, because right now we have it on a list, and uh, when I was building it, we didn't have 500 items that we're, we were testing with, so after, like I'm looking at it now with 500 items in there, and I'm like, huh, it's kind of hard for me to find the item that I'm looking for. So I, I, I rebuilt it, and we're adding a, like a grid feature, so it's, you see more items at once, it's easier to browse through them, um, and then we're, I'm trying to improve the speed as well because um, we allow any, there's no limit to what you can upload. So other platforms, every other platform has very, very strict limits, like nine megabytes. And like you're supposed to be uploading like a high resolution, you know, artwork, nine megabytes is nothing, uh, especially if it's like a GIF or an MP4. So we have three gigabytes is our limit. Right, so you can upload like a full movie. Obviously, you can't because you can't sell that because you don't own it. But, but if you did have like a three-hour, two-hour clip, you can upload it. Um, but the problem is, is on the browse page, uh, when there's 25, 50 items being loaded and they're all like 20 megabytes, 50 megabytes, uh, it's quite slow to to load these images. So we're working on that as well. We're going to be improving that. Uh, we're going to be uh, compressing all the images down. Um, and then uh, just just the images for the listing. Every the, the files that you download, uh, they're they're not touched. And that's something we actually haven't touched on. When you when you create your work on Mintable, when you upload it um, on other platforms, the public image that everyone can see that's on the blockchain is the the, the artwork, right? And so the most common question we have is like, hey, why would I spend $55,000 on this MP4 that I just saw on Twitter that I just saved to my computer? You know what I mean? And so um, a lot of the, the answer to that is, well, because you don't have the item on the blockchain. Um, but we went a step further and we made it where there's private files now. So you put up maybe a short clip of that MP4 or a watermark or a low resolution version of your artwork, right? And that's the public image. That's what someone can copy and paste. But when you own the NFT, you can download the full, you know, private file, whatever you've uploaded. So in, in the case of, you know, say uh, your background, right? Your background is the world. And there's a store on Mintable called uh, Space Adventures. And it's, it's all like space artwork. Um, so maybe if this had a watermark over it, that would be what I see when I'm browsing. But once I purchase it, I get the high resolution, you know, uh, 4K version of this image that I didn't have access to because I, I bought the item. Um, so you get the reward, right? I get to own the, the blockchain item and then I also get to download it. Um, so, yeah, we, we're pushing that out. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, now, moving to... 
how your experience was uh, building on top of Zilliqa. And and for this, for the audience, like I'll share the video of how you can actually uh, create an item on multiple, how you can buy and sell. Uh, Zach made a demo video for that. I'll share that in the notes below. Now, uh, coming to uh, building on top of Zilliqa. So how was your experience, um, you know, building on top of Scylla, um and and why did you actually choose to build on top of Zilliqa as well? Um, about, like there are so many other chains as, uh, right now. So what, what were the value propositions that you felt, uh, you know, that were part of Zilliqa? Yeah, I'll, I'll answer the second one first and then we'll go to the, the, the actual building part. Um, so why is Zilliqa? So when we were working with the accelerator and we we're working with Zilliqa, right? Um, Myself, I'm, a, I'm an Ethereum guy, and so I see other chains, uh, you know, like Tron and EOS, and a lot of them, uh, they just they just reek of like a scam project, right? Or they just they just don't have good practices. They don't have good business practices. They, you know, they're very sketchy on how they approach things. Um, and you know, when I didn't I didn't know about Zilliqa before we got into the accelerator. When I heard about them, I was like, oh no, not another you know kind of shitty project. Um, but after like talking with the team, seeing how this team operates, doing some of my own like actual research, they're, they're, they're completely legitimate. Like there's no, there's no like false advertising kind of like, there's no Justin Sun, you know, figure who's like advertising these, um, you know, like giveaways or things that are just really scammy. Um, they're, they, they, they build technology that, uh, you know, they're like the first to do sharding. Uh, and it's like actual functional technology that like works and it's live um and so you know the respect for having the the first to do something that's very complicated like like uh, pos and, and sharding um as well as like the respect for the team and how the business operates uh you know all those things i was like okay so this is like a completely legitimate project right this is just on the same level as ethereum so there's absolutely no reason why like i, I would be opposed to working with them uh now on the building with Scylla part then it, okay so I, i'll be honest i was quite afraid because you know Scylla is a completely different language than like what i'm used to it's, it's not object oriented right um so when i when i saw it i was just like oh man this is going to be a challenge um but it's actually it's actually it's actually not bad it's a it's actually quite simple um you know there's a it's different in terms of the i mean the syntax right it's different in terms of the way that you you write your code um but at the same time it, it, it's it's not like it's not like very hard um so you know because when i started programming i learned um java c plus plus all the basic stuff you learn in like school um and actually now all i do is javascript right so uh javascript solidity node uh just most common kind of stacks um so scale was completely different for me um but it wasn't it wasn't too hard to pick up uh i went through i read all the docs and uh whenever you know obviously whenever i'm working on um any kind of smart contract for zilliqa i've i've got the scale docs open because there's still a ton that i don't know right like i'm still fairly new to Scylla overall like i wouldn't say i'm new to the blockchain um but uh, to the actual language of skill, I, I'm quite new to it. And so uh, the thing that, that was really helpful, though, was just kind of the team of Zilliqa. Like, I can reach out 
um, still I can reach out at any point and just be like, hey, uh, you know, how would I do this? Or is this the right way to implement this? Or do you see any potential bugs that I'm not seeing here? And, you know, the Zillica team is just like right there and ready to help. So that's, that's really good because, you know, you can't do that with Ethereum. I can't, I can't call up Vitalik and be like, hey, can you look at my smart contract? So uh, that's, there's, there's, there's quite a few benefits in that regards uh, with the team being uh, really good with communication. Uh, and so whenever, whenever we're doing something, it almost feels like a joint venture, right? So like when we, when, uh, when we were working on the ZRC1, which is the non-fungible token standard from Zillica, um, you know, we're like going back and forth, uh, talking with the team and I'm like, hey, you know, there needs to be this, this, and this in order to kind of fulfill these functionalities. And I'm like, this is this is the code that I would change it to, uh, and and just the collaboration. So it was, it was really good, um, and it made it, it made it a lot easier. Um, and then in terms of like that's the smart contract, but in terms of everything else, like the the DApp side of things, the front end, uh, the back end, um, it's fairly straightforward. You know, it's um, it's just if you. Okay, I guess if you're new to blockchain, it's probably not straightforward. Um, but since this isn't like my first blockchain project, uh, you know, I'm quite experienced with blockchain applications and, and dApps. Uh, it was fairly straightforward, right? I uh, got it all implemented. Um, that's that's the easy part, right? Uh, you know, the, the the hardest part would be making sure that the contract is, uh, you know, 100% secure, right? And the beauty of Skillet is that, like, it can't do what you don't program it to do. So uh, it's, it, it's, it's quite secure, right? Where we've gone through, we've tested it, uh, and we've tested it a lot. And, um, you know, there's, there's nothing, nothing that could, like, make a, a user lose their funds, right? Uh, and so I think the worst that could happen is your transaction will just fail. And so that's, you know, that's, that's a benefit. So overall, it was, it, was, it was a pretty good experience. It was, it was easy. Yeah, uh, even though I was scared in the beginning uh, to take up Scala, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't too, too much of a challenge. Gotcha. Yeah, I think I saw your recent um, comment on some update on ZRC1 as well, I think, some uh, in the Mint transition. So now we are also uh, getting feedback from you. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, that's, that's great. Um, yeah, we did. We did just add a uh, transition on ZRC one to because the 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 current implementation was that you input the token ID that you want to mint. So you say, I'm going to make token number one, or I'm going to make token two hundred. If you're if you've already made one hundred and ninety nine tokens, um, there's there's not necessarily a problem with this, but there is kind of a problem because if you haven't made any tokens and you put token number two hundred, that just doesn't make sense. Why would you make token number two hundred when 100 through or one through 199 are, are non-existent so um that, that that in and of itself isn't a problem it just doesn't really make much sense if you were to do that the problem comes into um when we wanted to implement something like batch minting or have extra functionality so you can mint multiple tokens uh because then you would have to either have multiple inputs or you'd have to pass in like an array or you'd have to do some other kind of uh, black magic that you, you probably don't want to do. And so we just changed it to use a simple counter and we got rid of the user inputting the, the token ID that they wanted to make. And so it just increments and, you know, and in a logical fashion. So if it's the first token, it's going to make token one. And if it's your thousand token, it'll make token 1000. So, yeah. 
Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Um, so, what advice do would you like give developers who are planning to build on Zilliqa? You know, who are learning Zilla um, because you have built a full stack uh, application. You have worked with both Zilliqa JS um, and Zilla, um, and I think the functional programming nature of Zilla uh, is a bit intimidating. Or uh, like, if if you are just getting started in Zilla, like say for the first two days or something. Um, but but the overall language syntax isn't that huge like compared to many other languages uh, like Scylla. Um, the things that you need to know are are relatively less. Um, but still, like yeah, what what advice would you give uh, developers building who are planning to build on top of Scylla and Zilliqa? Yeah, I mean the, the 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 basic syntax fairly easy to get. You'll get it within like the first week or so, right? You'll understand it. Um, but it, it's once you start diving into these more complex syntaxes that um, are these more complex operations that you dive into like the syntax that I, you know I've just never seen in any other language. Um, which that's most most programmers, you know, that's what they like. They like learning something new that they've never seen before. Um, and the only reason we haven't seen it is because most of you know, the world that we live in is all, you know, object-oriented programming. And um, so it's just slightly different in that regards. But what I would say to most people is, um, you know, it's, it's, it's really simple. Uh, it's nothing, uh, if, if you're making an application in any other language and it's, you know, it's a little, it's a, as long as it's an application that's a little bit bigger than a hello world or to-do list, then when you look at Scylla and if you have an understanding of how blockchains operate, you're going to be like, wow, this is, you know, this is easy. I, I, I mean, this is nothing compared to making what other applications I've already made. Um, so it's not hard by any means. And, uh, you know, there's a test net. So you might as well just start playing around and, and seeing, like, what you can do. Start trying to break things and, and see, like, oh, can I do this? Can I do that? What, what happens if I do that? Um, and, and then, you know, that's how you learn. Uh, and honestly, I mean, I, I think... I think everyone who wants to get into blockchain should just start playing around with it and start learning it. Learning, you know, as many languages as, as, as you can is kind of good advice for every programmer. Um, but focusing on, on core languages is also kind of key advice. And so having core blockchain languages like Scylla, Solidity, JavaScript, right, those things, they're going to stay around. Uh, I don't. I don't think that there's any uh, any plans to remove Scylla and upgrade it to something else, is there? Right. No. It, no. Yeah. So by learning it now, you're you're pretty much setting yourself up to have a future um, for the next you know foreseeable long time. Um, so you really you really should give it a shot, see kind of what you can do and what you can make, um, because having a financial uh, an application that works in like a financial sense but on a blockchain there's a lot more that you can do that you just really can't do with like a JavaScript app, right? And so um, that's kind of what got me to be a blockchain developer was I was just, you know, I can't make my own bank in JavaScript, right? But I can do that on this, with smart contracts. So, um, yeah. Gotcha. Also, uh, you mentioned that you um, like tested the contract uh so how, how was the testing process like? How did you test uh, the Mintable smart contract? And uh, yeah, like how, how, how did you see that? Like one value proposition of Zilliqa is Scylla and within Scylla, it's that Scylla is very safe to write contracts in. So yeah, 
you touched upon that a little bit, but if you can talk a little bit more, because you have experience working with Solidity as well. So how did that development experience compare to the development experience on Scylla? And yeah, about the testing as well. Yeah, I mean, well, with, with Scylla, you basically have, you know, uh, if there's a bug or if you have any kind of error, um, opposed to like Solidity, if, if you have like an overflow or an underflow, you might lose the entire funds of someone's uh, balance. But with Scala, the chances of that happening are extremely small and it, most likely it's just gonna revert, right? Uh, because it's very strict language. So if it's, if it's out of bounds of say the type that you're trying to deal with, uh, it's just gonna cause the transaction to revert, right? Uh, it'll throw an error. And the errors, the errors are one of the hardest parts to, to debug, right? Because I think there's like a, a list of like, I, I like almost 20 errors and um, going through and like, we don't have that in Ethereum. Uh, so going through and trying to like, I'm like, okay, what was, oh, what's this error? Oh, okay. We, one we had was a corrupted JSON output, which we had quite a few times. And that was just from passing in like an invalid type. So if we pass, if, if we wanted a string and we were passing in a number, right, then we would get this and I'd have to, try to go through, figure out well, what's going on. Um, so overall, uh, it is more secure because it's more strict, right? And so you're, you're, you're limited in um, what kind of inputs, outputs, and kind of operations can be done. Uh, you're not limited in like what you can program, but you're limited in terms of what the code can execute. So uh, in that regard, that makes it less likely to have any kind of you know fatal bug, but instead, you know, it'll just revert if anything's invalid. Um, and so that's 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 really nice, uh, you know, opposed to Ethereum where it doesn't necessarily have that. Um, and so the the testing process was, I mean, how many? I'm trying to think of when. I think I think I wrote the basic smart contract. Uh, like the the kind of the the shell of the smart contract. It was all the logic, right? But it was just the, the very first iteration of it was back in, I think, January. Uh, yeah, January. And here it is, June, uh, yeah, June. I think June was the last time we, we made a final change to the smart contract to fix uh, like a slight bug. And it wasn't like a bug that affected anything either. It was just simply... Uh, you know, we have a we have a, an array that stores like orders, and uh, when we were implementing the the functionality for unstoppable domains, uh, because they don't implement the ZRC one standard, they have their own like um, I want I want to call them standard. They just wrote their own code for uh, NFT, and um, trying to implement that, we had to integrate it into the marketplace that we built, uh, and so it requires completely custom functionality uh, and. Uh, so we had to track the domains that, that are being listed and then we delete the domains after the item has been listed. Um, and it just wasn't deleting, uh, like the, the, the array would just fill up instead of being deleted. Um, so that was the last bug that we had to fix. Um, very, very minor. It just, uh, just kind of, uh, not garbage collecting, but essentially just making sure that, that what we wanted to delete it was deleted. Um, so overall, it was a fairly, you know, a, a fairly easy process. It was it was tedious. Every every smart contract, uh, you know, phase is tedious. Building it, testing it, implementing it. It's all it's all tedious when you're dealing with smart contracts. Um, but you know, you get used to it, and so it was it was a, it was a fairly smooth process, right? 
uh, I have quite a bit of confidence um, that that what we have now uh, will withstand the test of time. Uh, we've built in uh, a lot of like safeguards as, as well with our smart contracts. And in fact, um, I want to check because I think it is live and people can see. Uh, no, okay. So in our doc, we have we have docs for Mintable, and uh, for some reason the developer section got deleted uh, when I was updating something. Uh, but I'm going to go through and re-update that. But if you go on like do block, you can see all the code for our uh, smart contract marketplace. And you can look at it, you can see it, you can use it to implement other marketplaces or kind of use this core functionality. Um, so, you know, having eyes on it for open source, you know, tech is, is always is always good. So if anyone out there is, you know, trying to learn Scala or already knows Scala, open it up and look at it. It's, um, it's, it's quite large. Uh, if I'm looking at it, it's about 500 lines. Uh, which isn't necessarily good for a smart contract, right? You kind of want it to be smaller, um, but it does have, uh, you know, all the use cases covered for a marketplace, right? So you list an item for sale, you can cancel that listing. Um, you know, the marketplace can be turned offline if there's any kind of security issue. Um, and then, the, you know, price and the, uh, when you buy something, the amount you paid and the NFT are atomically swapped. Um, so it's got, it's got, you know, all the bases covered. Uh, and I encourage everyone to go look at it and uh, kind of check out the code and see what it is. So, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll link down the view block uh, link and the address of the contract below. So people can check that out. Um, so, so yeah, thanks. Thanks, Zach. I think we did cover quite a lot. Uh, just to finish it off, uh, what, what are the future plans for Mintable? Uh, what are the things, uh, in, in terms of, uh, development, like updates that are going to come up, uh, in, in the, that are in the pipeline currently? Yeah. So right now, um, first we have a trading challenge, right? So Zillica is partnered together with us and we're giving away, uh, 120,000 Zill. Right, so about $2,300 worth of Zill. Um, and it's really simple to, to enter. All you, I mean, just have an account on Mintable and then you enter your store. Uh, and then the, the number one store will win the grand prize and then there's 10 winners as well. So the total of 10 people can win the 120,000 Zill is kind of split among those. So top, top winner wins about like $900. Uh, and all you have to do is sell your NFTs, right? So you don't you don't actually have to do anything. It doesn't doesn't cost you anything. You make a store, you mint some NFTs, and then as people buy them, you earn points. Uh, and so we're starting that competition here uh, in a few days. Uh, I think I think it starts on the fifth. And um, uh, once once that goes live, um, you can enter after it goes live. But obviously, you know, if you enter late, your chances of getting the highest number of points is is going to go down. So if you want to sign up for it, you can. It's at zillica.mintable.app slash trading hyphen challenge. Um, and it's like trading challenge with a hyphen in there. Uh, and I, I, I encourage everyone to sign up. Uh, it's starting on the 5th. It's going to run for two weeks. And uh, there's you know a few thousand dollars that you can win for basically doing nothing, um, just creating your content like you always do. Um, and so besides the trading challenge, which is a, a big thing, there's actually, I don't think I've ever seen a NFT marketplace do a challenge like this, like a, a competition, which is weird, right? Because it's kind of like an exchange and they do that all the time. Um, but so it's going to be the first time that ever happens. So that's a big thing. Um, then 
I'm working on uh, improving the speed, the, the loading process of the, the app. Uh, so that is something that I've been working on, and that'll probably be out by the end of this week, as well as the grid uh, is a nicer display for browsing items. Um, some small bug fixes that we've already pushed out as users use the platform and, and discover different bugs that, are, that kind of slip through the cracks. Um, so we've been fixing those. And uh, we have a board that people suggest different features. And uh, we've already got a lot of suggestions. If I open it up just to refresh my memory, one of the things we, one of the big things is they want to be able to have um, a easier time when they're making their item uh, and understanding what image is on the blockchain, what image is only for Mintable's listing. Um, so we're going to be adding, uh, adding that. Um, and then they want, uh, when I say the users, users have all suggested this. And if you have any suggestions, uh, if you're on Mintable in the top right, there's a little button for your profile, and there's a, a link that says make a suggestion. And you can just add your suggestion there, and then we see it and go through. Um, full screen images, when you click on some artwork, you want to see it in full screen. Uh, and then um, allowing people to like edit their stores. Right now you can't really edit your stores, you can edit your listing. Um, so we're going to implement a way for you to edit, edit those stores. Um, so overall, optimization, adding some extra features. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, as, as more people use it, there's going to be more, more suggestions, of course. And so we'll continuously be adding stuff. Um, we, we would like to do batch minting, um, but batch minting is a little hard to do uh, on, on just, it's a smart contract work. And so we, we, we kind of need to go through, build the smart contract, test it, and, uh, and so that takes a while. So it's not, it's not something that we can push out like in a week, uh, like I'm doing with like these grid pages. Uh, so that's something that we want to do and we're looking into, uh, and that makes it easier for everyone. Uh, but the beauty is, is uh, Zillica doesn't have very expensive uh, gas prices right now, so it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't really matter because uh, right now you're only paying a few cents for your transaction. On Ethereum, you're paying, oh my, I paid like $60 yesterday to submit a transaction. One transaction, $60 is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, thank you, Zach, for, for your time. For people who want to check out Mintable, go to zillica.mintable.app. And uh, Zach, where can people follow you? Where can they reach out to you? Yeah, we're on Twitter. You can reach us at uh, twitter.com slash Mintable app. Um, and then we're also on LinkedIn uh, for Mintable as well. You just search Mintable. Um, and then, of course, you can reach out to us uh, through our website. So if you want to uh, get in contact with the team, uh, if you have any suggestions, or if you want to work together uh, on some collaborational projects, um, just contact us through our website and we normally respond within 24 hours. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, thank you, Zach. Th thanks for your time and I wish you the best for Mintable. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Bye.